the biblical law of association. The biblical law of association. And so before, before we jump into the word, and it's my hope, it was my hope that I would finish. Remember I said on Wednesday, I'm going to finish the biblical law of association. Well, you know what? The Lord started telling me some other stuff this morning. And uh, I started writing that stuff down. And so we may not get to the end of this this morning. But I've got some stuff that I really believe that the Lord put on my heart that is for you. How many of you have... Now, Lewis posted a, a meme on Facebook of <laughs> about how he's felt over the last several months. Uh, it's it's a. Uh, is there any way we can play that meme up there? <laughs> did you did you see? It? He tagged me, and it's it's on my it's on my feed. If you if you could break it up, Marissa, and put it up on the screen, it's hilarious. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I believe the Lord has really been talking to us, and uh, some of you I know feel kind of probably feel like that someone has told off on you, that someone that you talk to about what you, whatever you've been going through, somehow or another, they got, they sent me an email or texted me or called me on the phone to tell me about your difficulties. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, no. <laughs> I, 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 you guys have to understand something. I still function in a prophetic office. And so when I get up here to preach, I'm getting up here to preach out of that anointing uh, of the uh, of the gift uh, that in the office that I stand in, and so when the when the Lord goes to talking to me about certain stuff, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I have sensed some things in the in the atmosphere of our church, and I felt like the Lord has wanted me to address them. And so um, you you have to, I, and I know this is hard for some of you to believe because you're not a believer, and the Lord, the Lord does actually talk to some people. Some people don't have to look at your Facebook posts and get phone calls from people to hear from you. Now, he doesn't tell me everything. But if I've said stuff that kind of hits home with you, it's not because someone called me. Listen, I don't get up here and preach. I don't, I don't structure messages to talk to one person. If you think that you're that special, I'm sorry. You're, you, you, have an elevated, you have an elevated idea. Uh, there's uh, yeah okay, good. when the pastor dropping heat but you ain't ready to change <laughs> yeah uh, that's the way i picture some of you for the last several sundays for for the last about 3 or 4 months some of you that's how i've seen you 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 running out <laughs> now that now, now be today boy now be today <laughs> uh, lewis posted that he said uh, this way, this way, I think it's been at our church for the past about the past month or so. So, but but understand that. Listen, look look at me, folks. I, I can I can only I can only tell you this. Uh, I can only tell you the truth. I can't make you believe it. Um, if if I'm if I'm saying some things, if I if I've heard them, then you'll hear it from me. I'll say I spoke with someone. I was talking to someone, and they said they heard this, and I want to address this. That's how I address those things. Uh, I'm not getting up here and preaching on stuff because you talk to somebody or no, number one, you probably, hopefully you're talking to the right people. I'm hoping you're not talking to the wrong people because you start talking to the wrong people and you'll start, uh, uh, the enemy will start trying to create a subculture in our church and you don't want to be a part of any other culture, but the culture that God has established. Uh, subcultures typically uh, end up getting to the place where 
there, it necessitates there being a departure. And we, we don't want that. We don't, but, but you know, the enemy, the enemy, uh, that's what he works toward is toward, uh, division. Amen. And so, uh, there's been a tremendous amount of unity in our church throughout the whole history of our church, which has been, it's been supernatural. And I'm grateful to God for that. But, uh, so today, what I want to, uh, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm starting with that is because I, I, wanna, I want to help you all to understand what I feel like that the Lord is doing. So we're talking about the biblical law of association. Now, one of the things we've established is, and we, we talked about the, the law of uh, agreement. And after we talked about the law of agreement, we talked about how that the law of agreement necessitates the... Uh, the implementation of the law of confession. So if you come into agreement, then you have to come into a line, not only uh, just in your mind with agreeing, but you're, you have to get in a, in a line with your mouth. If you get, if you had come into agreement, then your confession has to change. What you say has to change. Some of you, your, your mouth hadn't caught up yet. Your, 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 your mind still hadn't caught up yet. Some of you haven't come to the place of agreement. And, uh, because you haven't come to a place of agreement, your confession is, is broken. So, uh, um, so agreement, we talked about agreement, confession. Now we're talking about association. All of these things are linked together. They're inseparable. They will all go together. The law of association will, will uh, change your confession. Uh, will change the, whether, whether you agree or disagree. You'll come into agreement through associations. Amen. Uh, agreement will change your confession. Confession will change your associations. Because there's going to be some people won't want to hang out with you based on your... Some of you don't realize that the reason why you attract the wrong people is because you speak the wrong language. You will, you will attract people that speak the same language that you speak. And you've got to determine whether that's the right language or the wrong language. Amen. Uh, if, if, if people coming around you that are, uh, that are weakening your faith, that are weakening your resolve, that are hindering you from fulfilling God's purpose, then you have to, you know, you have to figure out, am I, am, I saying, am I saying the right thing? If I'm not saying the right things, why is that? What are, what are my associations like? What am I coming into agreement with? So the first thing I want to say, and I want to lead with this, is uh, we're not talking about carnal associations. We're talking about a spiritual associations. So the biblical law of association isn't based on, this is my favorite preacher, and because this is my favorite preacher, I'm going to devote myself to following my favorite preacher based on carnal things. I like the way he dresses. I like the, you know, uh, the car he drives, the neighborhood he lives in. Uh, he's got nice hair. Listen, you, you, you can't join a winner's church on the basis of nice hair. Uh, I got one nice hair right here. Amen. But anyway, <laughs> so, you know, there, there, there are a lot of reasons why some people do but we're, what we're talking about is the biblical law of association. And when, when, we, when we come into an association uh, uh, biblically or spiritually, it, it's, it's got to be something that is inspired by the Lord. It's not something that's done in the flesh. Now, here's the thing about the biblical law of association. It's like, it's like, um, it's like, uh, 
of, uh, you know, I didn't choose my father. I didn't get to choose my father. I was born with the father that you didn't get to choose your father either. See, what we, what, I think what a lot of us don't understand is that God is the one who chooses our associations. And, or God ought to be the one who chooses our associations. And we ought to be willing to allow him to choose our associations and us be submitted to whatever he decides. Because sometimes God will have us associate with people that don't rub us the right way. In fact, sometimes the Lord will bring people into our lives uh, that we need in our lives to elevate us to a higher place. People that we've never been comfortable hanging. You know, uh, if God's going to bring you out of poverty, probably he's going to associate you with people that aren't poor in order to break that curse of poverty over your life, to change your thinking, to change your mindsets, to change your ideas. You know, uh, God is a... God is a... uh, He's, the, he's a cultural architect. He is the architect of culture or the culture of your life, the culture of the church. He's, he wants to be the architect. You know, the, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, it says this, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. Find that scripture, Marissa. Psalm 120. I can't remember. Psalm, I'm not good on that address there. Psalm 127, verse 1, right? Psalm 127, verse 1. Write it down. God, God, God wants to build the... Look at someone say, God wants to build the house. Listen, you might be a great builder, but God wants to build the house. Here's what it says. Except the Lord build the house. Except the Lord build the house. Say that. Say, except the Lord build the house. So God's trying to establish something in, in, the, in the minds and in the hearts of his people. He wants to build the house. Well, guess what? He may not build it the way that you think it ought to be built. He may not build it where you, where you think it ought to be built. Amen. See, that, those are the things that sometimes we don't count on. And that's, that's, that's where we get tripped up. So we, we as God's people, and this is why the biblical law of association, why I think it's important for us to hear, is because a lot of times in church, when we hear people talk about associations, we hear people talk about, you know, uh, and, and you all have heard me talk about this, that in the book of Ephesians, the Bible says, and he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for what purpose? Well, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, you know. We, we, and then we start telling people, God gave uh, ministry gifts and we need to submit ourselves to ministry. Anybody ever heard that teaching? We need to be submitted to those that, are in the, those that carry these ministry gift offices, those that are anointed in, this, in, these, uh, in these capacities. Well, what happens is, is that we go shopping around in the, in the flesh instead of tuning into the Spirit and finding out what the Spirit says. Amen. Do you know sometimes, uh, and I, I mentioned this earlier on, sometimes God, you know, we're, we're like, well, because we've had people come to Winter's Church. I had, we had a, a couple folks that were a part of our church, and then they, uh, later they, they, they went on down the road, and 
we, we certainly loved and loved them, and we were glad they were here for as long as that they were here. And uh, we, we continue to love them, and we don't, we don't have much fellowship with them anymore because they're, they're no longer here. But, um, but when, they, when, they, when they left, one of, the, one of the things that they said, because I had a conversation. If you're, if you're going to leave here, I hope that we have a conversation about it. I mean, I hope you come to me. Um, and I, I hope our conversation doesn't set, start like this, uh, that, that you're telling me, well, the Lord, Lord's moving me. Lord told me to go. Number one, if, you, if you're even contemplating it, if I'm, really, if I'm really in the office that I'm in and you really are in association with me, shouldn't I be hearing that you might be going? Shouldn't you be coming to me and saying, hey, pastor, can you pray with me about this? Because I have been kind of feeling this and I'm not sure whether or not it's the flesh or the spirit. But you know what? God sent us here, and or the Lord has at least had us here, and I think it's in. Is this working? Is this blocking it too much? All right, well, praise the Lord. Amen. But you know what? That's not usually how it happens. Usually, someone rolls up at my house, or they, uh, uh, unfortunately, some people text or call. Or they, you know, uh, these folks came to my office and I, but see, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that they did, but they came and they said, the Lord told, you know what position that puts me in when you say the Lord told me? Well, if you think the Lord told you, who am I to tell you anything? And by the time you get to that place, you've already resolved it. Well, glory to God. And they, and, and, and this is what they this is, this is what, this next thing they said, which I thought, uh, to, and again, I'm trying to, <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> see, all of us have been, haven't all of us been there in that place? Haven't all of us been there in that place? Some of you, you went to your pastor. You didn't go and consult them. You didn't have them help you pray through it. You didn't go through that process. You was, here's the reason, church, because we haven't let the Lord build the house. When you let the Lord build the house, you know what? Uh, It ought to be, if, if, if you ever leave a church, it ought to be hard for you to leave it. The Lord ought to have to pry you out of that place. You ought to be like, Lord, I don't want to go. No, usually it's like this. Mm, You know, I'm just praying about whether or not we ought to be here. It's almost like there's a... We were watching watching a Netflix documentary last night. Uh, gosh, I didn't even know it was on, but it's the documentary on when, when uh, Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson and uh, Stevie Wonder in the 80s did the recording of We Are the World. And they were talking about that whole recording and they got all of these mega artists together. And uh, I, I'd forgotten all of the people that were involved in that recording. And they talked about how it all came together. They did, they did that recording and the song and everything in one day. In one day, uh, from from ten o'clock at night after the American Music Awards until until eight o'clock the next morning, they knocked it out. The video and the recording of "We Are the World," and um, 
the, the part of it that was, that was, that was really uh, struck me the hardest was one of the guys that was there said that at the end of it, the, the last person to leave the room, the last person to leave the studio was Diana Ross. And Diana Ross, of course, she's a heavy hitter, big star, superstar. She's sitting there and he said, she's sitting in the studio and she's crying. And they said, what's wrong? She said, I don't want this to be over. You know what? When we're, when, we're, when we're doing it right, we don't want it to be over. You, you'll know whether your associations are right where you're at. When you think that the Lord might be like, like Sharif, she called me recently thinking that possibly maybe the Lord might be moving her on to something else. You know what? It wasn't, a, it wasn't a conversation that was filled with joy and excitement and anticipation. It wasn't a conversation that was filled with anger and discontent. It was a conversation that was filled with tears. A little bit of anxiety and a little bit of fear. That, they, that maybe this might be the end of something. I had someone that I, again, I, I'm not hearing of anybody trying to, I'm, I'm preaching out of my, see some of you like, who's talking? No, no, no. Some, some of you think, some of you might be concerned. You're like, are people trying to leave the church? But no, I'm speaking out of my, maybe. I'm, I mean, I'm speaking out of my spirit. I know there's some people, they wrestle with leaving Winter's Church. Well, I mean, in their minds, they never even showed up. I mean, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but there are actually people that come to our church that I'm not their pastor. I'm the pastor of Winter's Church. I'm a pastor, but I'm not their pastor. I'm their husband's pastor or their wife's pastor. And the only reason they come is because, amen. Are y'all hearing me? Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody got to talk about this stuff. Somebody's got to talk about this stuff. See, these are, these are things that we have to have settled. Because you know what? When the blessing comes. When you start living in the fullness of the blessing, you've got to be established on. Amen. Except the Lord build the house. Except the Lord build the house. You know how many, you know how many pastors I know that have left churches because they was discontent with where they was at? What'd you come in the first place for? You know, when, when God takes a minister out of a church or out of a ministry, he ought to have to, he ought to, have to drag them out of there kicking and screaming. The church shouldn't get two weeks notice. And, well, folks, I'm putting in my two weeks, and we just feel like the Lord is moving us on. Really? That's all it's going to take for you. You know, y'all hear, hear me get up here, and, and I hope you know that the, I, this is out of the sincerity of my When I get up here and I say, God forbid that we ever have to step away from the pastorate of this church, it's the farthest thing from my mind. 
if I ever hear the Lord tell me, you know, that's going to be tough. You know who the first ones are going to know about it? You. You think I'm going to roll up in here two weeks before we're... Heck no, I'm going to be like, the Lord told us this, this is over, folks. I don't know. Listen, I'm tripping over here, y'all. Pray for me. Pray for me. I'll be like Gabe when he was six years old at Mexican restaurant, going to the bathroom because he had been bad. Pray for me. As I dragged him away to spank him. <laughs> so these associations have to do with the Lord and his desire. Church, we, we ought to want to align ourselves with God and with his plans, right? That, that was the word for this year. The, the, the word for this year was God's people are going to come into agreement with his plans. Amen. Because when we come into agreement with the plan of God, it opens up the doors for miracles. Amen. Not only miracles for others, but miracles for us individually, corporately. Miracles for those that we come in contact with as we go about our day and as we go about our lives. Amen. Amen. Except the Lord build the house. What does it say? They labor in vain that build it. I already, I, I, I already pointed this part out to us. Thank you, Shree. I already pointed this part out to us. Glory to God. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> He's trying to get his tongue. He tried <laughs> out of his belly. <laughs> Rivers. Amen. Rivers. <laughs> Glory to God. Maybe, maybe, maybe as I say this, it will help us to understand. Um, it'll help us to understand the the uh, that the, the 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 Lord, the way the Lord has always wanted to do this. Our, the Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. Some of us are waiting to hear God say to us, this is what I do. Listen, sometimes you can't, you're, you're, you're not hearing what he says. But you know, if you'll keep on following him, you'll end up where he wants you to be. If you keep letting him build the house, you don't have to hear where he wants you to go. You'll end up where he wants you to be. Why? Because the steps of the righteous aren't ordered by a command from God or by the, our steps are ordered by God himself. And sometimes he orders our steps by telling us where we're going to go. At other times, he just grabs us by the hand and he takes us where he wants us to go. And we may not, we may not really understand or know. Where we're going. You know, we one year, uh, the first year we went to Disney, we didn't tell the kids. In fact, we told them, in a few years, in, in two years, we're going to take you all to Disney. Because Gabe was too little and, and, and you know, Mikey, we told her, your brother, he won't, he won't remember it. So we want to wait a little while so that he will remember, you know, the trip. We don't want to just go and him not remember. So in two years, we're going to go to Disney. So... 
what they didn't know was that we were lying. That we had already planned that. I know. He said, David's like, dear God, Brother Copeland said. And I know. But anyway, uh, we had already planned the trip. We had already bought the tickets. We had already made preparation. Now, we decided that we were going to drive to Dallas. I don't remember what we were going to do. I think we might have go to Legoland or something. We were going to go early, go to Dallas, and fly out of Dallas uh, to Orlando. So we told the kids, hey, we are going to go to uh, Dallas and just have a little weekend trip, and, uh, and then we're going to get on an airplane because neither one of them had been on a a commercial flight. We're going to get on an airplane and we're going to fly and you're going to get to fly for the first time. And of course, Michael's like, yay. And Gaby's like, I don't want to go. <laughs> that was just the way it was at our house. It didn't, didn't matter what it was. We're going to go. We're going to go to McDonald's. It could have been his favorite restaurant the day before. And, but that day when we were going to McDonald's, I want Wendy's. When we went to Wendy's, it's like, I wish we was at McDonald's. So <laughs> that was just, it was just his personality. Still is. He just, he's wired that way. But <clears throat> so we were, that, you know what? They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know what was happening. We got in the car. We, we drove out toward uh, Dallas the night before our flight was supposed to take off. Uh, we lost the transmission in our car on the way to Dallas. Brand new Cadillac Escalade. Transmission went out in it and uh, uh, left us stranded there right at the border of Oklahoma and Texas next to that uh, casino that sits there. I can't remember that. Anyway, we, we pull over into the casino driving 30 miles an hour because we're in limp mode. 30 miles an hour, we pull into the casino. I got two kids, little kids in the back. My wife, we're at the only hotel there that's at the casino at the time. I go in, the manager looks at me and says, I'm going to comp you a room. They were all booked up, but he said, I have a room. I'm going to comp you the room. I'm going to give you the room that we give to the people that win big in the casino. You get to stay in that room. So they comped us a room, a nice, you know, nice, nicest room they had. We stayed in the hotel that night. I called up my buddy, Ted. I said, Ted, we're stranded out here. You reckon you could go by the house, pick up Annie's car and drive Annie's car out here, drop it off to us. And th this is at two in the morning. Ted's like, huh? Ted, 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 can you, Ted, can you? You, he said, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, we're going, um, let me talk to, let me talk to Debbie, let me talk, we're going to, yeah, uh, how am I going to get back home though, how am I going to get back up, I said, have Debbie follow you in your car, I said, I'll pay for your gas, now it's our, well, we'll, we'll be there, pastor, we'll be, no, we'll be there, pastor, brother Ziggy, we'll be there, he didn't call me pastor then, but we'll be there, brother Ziggy, so we, we, we go to sleep, when we wake up the next, we didn't sleep, you didn't sleep? I slept fine. Anyway, <laughs> when we wake up, <laughs> well, that's the first time I'm hearing about it. <laughs> Except the Lord build the house. Amen. <laughs> so I, we I wake up the next day. Who do, who do we wake up to? Brother Ted. That, ho that, that guy at the hotel, that manager at the hotel, he's like, you drove all the way from Oklahoma City to, to, to you, you come to drop off a car to go, to go back? 
He said, you know what? Just you stay in the room for a while. Get some rest. You've been up all night. So Ted and Debbie hung out in that room. Nine months later, Tabitha was born. No, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. No, no, no. 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 All right, keep that out of Cut that out of the tape there. I'm just playing. No, no, no. Tabitha's like, oh, dear God. Oh, no. So anyway, Ted and Debbie, they ended up staying there, and then they, uh, 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 they, they, they picked up the car later on, towed it off, got it fixed, and we were, we were in Dallas. So we, you know, we're there in Dallas, and they had no idea. They, you know, them, how many of you know that they didn't need to have an idea? See, some of you have not yet come to the place where you don't realize that sometimes God don't have to tell you what he's doing. You don't have to know where he's taking you. You don't have to know where you're going. You don't have to know how much it costs. Are y'all hearing me today? Listen, sometimes it's better if you don't know nothing. You just grab him by the hand and say, let's go, Lord. Amen. You might end up in a far better place than you would have taken yourself if you just followed. Come on, somebody. Boy, I'm preaching right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, some of us, God's trying, to, God's trying to get us in that place where we learn how to trust him, where we learn how to believe. You know what? I know there are preachers that are sleeping around with, with women that aren't their wives. I know there are people that are having moral failures. I know they, they, they I, I think Tyler told me that there was a, a local pastor somewhere in South Oklahoma City. He just popped up on the news, was a part of that sting operation that they did on prostitution. He was one of the people that was busted. And now they're on social media trying to do damage control. Listen. I'm going to tell you something. All those things the devil is trying to use to mess with us and to try to get us in division and in unbelief. And we've got to learn how to let God build the house and do things God's way. We've got to learn how to trust the Lord. Amen. Listen, men are going to fail, but Jesus never fails. I'm not infallible. I'm not incorruptible. And neither are you. Which is why we've got to rely on a different system than the world relies upon. We've got to rely upon something that, that gives room to God for God to be who. Amen. Is this helping anybody here today? I'm not saying that we, that me as a pastor, as a man, that I should live my life recklessly. That I should live unholy. That anyone should. But you know what? If we maintain right order, then when you jack it up or when I jack it up or when someone jacks it, we're not going to, we're not going to go into a tailspin and not be able to fulfill God's purpose and not be able to build God's kingdom. Because our association was carnal, because our association was in the natural, because, because we weren't letting God build the house. See, when you let God build the house, you just let him take you wherever he wants to take you. Now, some of you are going to hear that this way. Well, there you go. I'm just going to do what the Lord tells me to do. 
No, when you think about associations. So I started out telling you, they're, they're these folks, they said, I said, why, why are you leaving? They, they gave several reasons that I, I didn't think were great reasons, but, you know, your, your perception is your reality. And so the way they perceived it was their reality, whether it was true or not. That's the way they saw it. And I, so I thought, well, Lord, how do I help to change their perspective? How do I help them to change their per perspective? How do I help them to, how can I? And so, you know, I went through a series. I was here talking with them for, you know, five and a half, six hours. And, and I told them too, I said, I wish we'd had this conversation over a period of time. You know, we could have talked about this. I mean, the minute you get to wondering, you know, whether you're in right association, you ought to be talking to the individual that God called. That's right. That's right. Boy, that's right. Because these associations are way more important than what people realize. Hillsong, Hillsong was the greatest church for a long time. Most, one of the most influential churches Influential in, in worship, influential in every way. I mean, Hillsong was the... And then in a moment. Larry Lee, Church on the Rock. Largest church, fastest growing church in America at one time. And then seemingly overnight. You know, that church doesn't even exist anymore. There's not even a version of that church. It was the largest and fastest growing church in the United States of America. People looked at that church and said, this church will be influential for decades to come. Well, you know what? They are influential in what not to do. See, God's trying to develop a culture in his church that facilitates what he wants to do. He is, the, he is the cultural architect. Amen. Yes. And when God, is, when God is developing and building a culture in your, in your personal life, in your family, yeah. in, in, in his church, in this church, you know, when we started on this journey of Winner's Church, we didn't understand what God was going to do, how God was going to... We, we knew some things that he said, but I had no idea what the culture of this church would look like. When, when I look back on, the, on our 12 years, I'm, I'm amazed at the culture that God created in this church. I didn't see this. This is not what I saw. I didn't see us being a family church. I didn't see us being a church where we had such close associations that it would be uncomfortable. I didn't. I thought, I thought if anything, you know, we'll just kind of be loosely connected and it'll be one of those types of churches where people come. I had, I had no, listen, I had no idea. I had no idea that I would become grandfather to your children. That I would become uncle to your kids. That I would become father, fathers to you. And you become my spiritual sons. And I had no idea. I had no idea that when you went through, when you went through the battle, that I would go through the battle with you. That when you cried, I would cry. 
That when you hurt, I would hurt. That when you had joy, I'd have joy with you. That when you celebrated, I would celebrate. When you were victorious, I was victorious. But when you were defeated, I was defeated. See, up to that point in time, the only thing that determined my victory, my defeat, my failure, or my success, my joy, or my discontentment, the only thing that determined that in the past was me. But then I associated myself with you. Are y'all hearing me today? See, the biblical law of association requires you to be in it through thick or through thin. In good times and in bad times. In life and in death. How in the world could we, we be so willing to dis- disassociate ourselves from people that had been through so much with us? And not because they had to. And not because they had to. But because the Lord built a house and the Lord put them to. Well, I am preaching right now. But you know what? We're living in a time and in a culture and in a society where we've allowed one another to become disposable. Listen, if I, if, I could, if I could do it without you, you wouldn't be here right now. If you could, <laughs> this, may, this may be contrary to the way you believe, but if you could, if you could get to where you was at without me, you'd have done it. And guess what? You didn't. Before me, there are lots of ways you sucked. And before, listen, and before you came into my life, there was lots of places that I sucked too. But because the Lord built the house. Are y'all hearing me today? I'm going to tell you this is the last message the devil wanted you to hear this morning. Because the enemy has been able to pull the wool over the church's eyes for years and years and years and years and cause division and get them off track and get them off course and keep them from fulfilling God's purpose. But I'm going to tell you right now, if we will, if we will let the Lord build the house and recognize that our steps are ordered by God. Listen, Randall, we came into contact with one another for a reason. If, 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 if we had been in the flesh, we would have never run across one another. I would have never. He would have never. We're on two opposite ends of the spectrum. I mean, this is, this is how one morning at Sobel, they're taking up an offering and Randall's like, I'm giving me an offering. It's like, all right, praise the Lord. It was, an, it, was a, it was an offering for the outreach that we was getting ready to do. And, 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 and it was like, Brother Randall's giving an offering. He said, that's right, I'm going to bring it tonight. And he did. He rolled up with a cow. That cow was tied up in the front of that church. I rolled up. They said, there's Brother Randall's offering. Everybody was excited. But I'm like, 
I'm not taking that with me, am I? I mean, <laughs> like, that's not going to fit in the back of the car. I, <laughs> no, Randall, he said, no, I'm going to sell it, and I'm going to sow the money from this cow. And then they're like, come on, come take a picture with it, Brother Ziggy. I'm like, ah. listen, I'm city. I'm city, big time. Listen. Some people, they might look at me and say, oh, he's country. Listen, I'm way city compared to, compared to Randall. I am like, I'm like the guy in the suit on Green Acres. You understand what I'm saying? No, no, I'm like Zsa That's what I'm like. I'm way over there. So I got a picture of me and Brother Randall and Brother Corgill standing next to a cow. Had, listen, I had no idea the cow smelled so bad. Had no idea. You know, they looked, they looked like they smelled so good on the pages of the book in the library. Amen. On television, you can't smell those suckers. But boy, you ain't got to get with it. You five feet from that thing, you're like, what is that? Ted. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> let, me say, let me say this. If you're going to succeed, in, and this is, this is what I want to help you with. If you're going to succeed in the, in the times of trial, in the times of difficulty, when the enemy comes in like a flood, number one, you're going, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to embrace the culture. Oh, yeah. Listen, you, you, you might not have chosen it, but God chose you to be in it. Embrace the culture. Are there things that you would prefer? Yeah, there are things I would prefer. Listen, I prefer, I, I prefer mahogany over McDonald's. But you know what? Sometimes there's not enough time for that kind of culture. Sometimes there's not enough money for that kind of culture. Sometimes I, you don't have enough, you don't want to go through the difficulty there. So McDonald's will suffice. There's a place for all of it. The culture at McDonald's is different than the culture at Mahogany. But all of them are necessary. Amen. I reckon the culture at Salazar Roofing is different than some other roofing companies here in town. I imagine that the culture at Inspire Clean is different than in some other businesses. Ties Mobile, you know what, you know what, have you ever thought, some of you that, that have your own business or you've worked closely and, and, and you, you, those of you that have embraced the culture of wherever it is that you make a living, if you've embraced the culture of where you're at, doesn't it, doesn't, doesn't it make you feel great when someone talks about how the grass is greener over at the other place? Doesn't that just make you feel good? Anybody hear what I'm talking about? Now imagine you got other people that are outside of the culture of your, there are other people outside of the culture of where you work and they're, and they're talking about how the grass is greener over at this other way. And usually it's customers, right? Customers. Well, you know what? When I had so-and-so do it, they didn't do it this way. Yeah, but 
Were they Christians? Did they pray for you while they were cleaning your stuff? Was it a kingdom connection? Because some people, they're not concerned about no kingdom connection. I am. Listen, if I'm going to get a roof, I'm not going to call somebody else. Can I, can, I, can I say something? I hope this, this isn't. Michael and I, we, we talk a lot. You know, uh, I, I detail airplanes. I was looking at an airplane that we detailed, that we ceramic coated. I looked at this airplane. It was a jet. There's a big high spot we left on the, on the tail of this jet. I looked up. I was like, oh, dear God. We had done it nine months earlier. I was like, that's been there for nine months. I got me a ladder, man. I was like, you know, you miss stuff. You, you miss stuff. We, we had our roof done one time by Salazar. We had a, a leak through uh, one of the vents in the roof. You know what I didn't do? Pedro's Roofing did the one next door. They didn't have no leaks. No, I called, I called Michael on the phone. I'm like, hey, I, there's a leak up here, man. It's, I don't know what it's... He's like, oh, I know what it is. He came himself. Fixed it. Something very simple. It, it wasn't nothing... You know what? My, my, I didn't get a, a stain on my... The only reason I knew it was leaking is because we had to have some work done on the furnace or something. It was around that deal for the furnace. And they said, hey, you know, something's leaking through here. I called Michael up. He, he's like, man, that, ha that happens sometimes. But we'll take care of it. Took care of it. You know what I, you know what I didn't do? I'm never going to use them. There's, listen, I'm going to tell you something. If they'd have left a hole this big in my roof, Which I don't think they would do. But, it, but, but you know what? If they did. See, y'all, I don't think y'all are ready to hear this. Yeah, well, let's, let's just close. I don't even shop. No, I don't shop for People call me and say, we're doing roof inspections. I'm like, I got a roofer. They're like, what do you, they're like, I'm talking like I got a doctor or something. I have a roofer. They're like, what do you mean? I said, I've got guys in my church that are roofers. They work for Salazar Roofing. They're, Salazar, I said, uh, I don't want you, I don't want you guys. Well, have you, have you had them look? I said, well, if they want to look, they can. They can come look anytime they want to. Here's what I want you to know. I, I, I ain't going to use you. Well, we're, we're, we're more competitive. I don't care. They go to my church. I would pay them. Listen. When, when Michael, you could, you could testify. When Michael came to do my, I didn't say, uh, you think you can get me some extra money? Because I want to, you know, I'd like to replace my fence. I didn't do that, did I, Michael? 
Michael told me what, and he told me, he said, I think I can get it where I can take care of your deductible. I said, hey, whatever, just do whatever. I said, just get it, whatever, get it done. I, I didn't even, you know what? I didn't even see that it was that. I didn't care. I don't care if it's damaged, not damaged. I said, if you can make some money on it, make some money on it. I don't care. This is, this is your, we're, we're in association with one. Maybe, maybe you're not going to make a ton of money, but if I can do something to help you, my brother. Right? Yeah, Michael, Michael's not calling somebody else to detail his airplane. You know what? He might find somebody to do it cheaper. He sure ain't gonna find someone who does it better. Amen. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. See, there, there are ways that we work stuff out as believers. Right. All right. Amen. I can tell I'm getting in there where it's uncomfortable for some folks. Amen. Well, you know, I use Salazar's, but I didn't really care for how they. Well, you know, that's why you got a mouth. So you can express concern. So you can talk about, well, you know, Ty, he can't clean my car and he left a spot. Uh, that's why you go, hey, you left a spot. This is the way I like it. I like for it to smell this way, not this way. I like for people to leave lines in my carpet. You didn't leave no lines. Ted, Ted likes so much armor all you slide in and slide out. Ted, Ted, Ted like his car so slimy that when he, when he gets in after he had a detail, he can rub it into his hands and get rid of the dry skin. That's, that's what he likes. <laughs> well, you know, I bought, a, I bought a washer from Ted, but man, I don't know. It only worked for a month and a half. Well, it was used. How many times have we had people try to, you know, in business? I'm just helping. Listen, I'm meddling right now. <laughs> I'm meddling right now. <laughs> A big time. But what is your, what, I mean, why, what, what about these associations? How important? Are, you know, there's, there's some people, if I'm not associated with them, I might, I might interact with them differently. But people that I'm associated with, that God is coming to, Annie, she's like, man, I'm going to Southside. I'm getting my nails done over there. My eyebrows did, my eyelashes, my toes, my... <laughs> Her, I'm like, well, baby, just do it all here in Edmond. Well, that's what that's what that's what she said. She said, well, Lindsay does my eyelashes. I was like, I don't care where that. No, no, I didn't say that. I was like, well, 
Now, Lindsay, got to keep her on. Got to keep her on. Praise God. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> when we, when we, and I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit here, here about three minutes. Three Puerto Rican minutes, amen. Say embrace the culture. Embrace the culture. Wherever you're at, embrace the culture. Embrace the culture. Embrace it. It benefits you to embrace the culture. Why are you going to oppose the culture of someplace God has you working, laboring? Embrace the culture. Serve the Lord in that culture. Serve the Lord with gladness. You may not you may not understand where it's leading That's you to, right. but don't listen. Except the Lord build yes. it. Let the Lord build the house. Yes. Let Him help you to discover things maybe you never discovered before. You know, in business, when you're doing business with one, we, we have people that do business with one another here. We people get nervous about doing business within the church. Listen, if you if you did it right, if you did it godly, you wouldn't have no problem. Well, I didn't like the way Jasmine did it. Talk to Jasmine. It's very simple. Well, you know, Eric. Talk to Eric. (laughs) Just for the recording, that was his brother. (laughs) Well, you know, Gabe, he did you know, I tried to get him place up and blah, blah, blah. talk to Gabe. Right. Right. That's right. Amen. Gabe's like, don't talk to me. I ain't changing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go to Disney. <laughs> Church, we got we got to learn how to communicate with one another. We've got to we've got, we've got to learn how to associate with one. We, the, 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 this this deal of, of association it goes beyond washers and dryers, car and plane detailing, roofing, construction, eyelashes, haircuts, wedding planning, event planning, decorations. I tried to hire Ted to fix my dryer. He, he won't even come. He's like, no. Nah. I don't like that dryer. I don't like them dryers. Them dryers are hard to work on. Didn't he say that to you too? But here's the thing. I tried. I was about to. But see, Ted, he can't hardly charge me nothing though either. So he's like, so he come over there. He'd be like, now, so, gee, that's, I, Jesus fixed your dryer. That's what he said. Jesus fixed it. Get in there, there's a little anointing oil in there. No, 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 no. I understand. That's okay. If you want to kick it to somebody else, that's fine. But I'm going to give him the opportunity. And I ain't going to go to Ted and bless me with it, brother. 
Come on, y'all. Some of y'all, we, we, we ought to be paying some of these folks double what they're charging everybody else. To be, to be a blessing. To be a blessing. You know, you know what? <clears throat> when, I, when I do Michael's plane, I'm going to tell you right now. I do, when, I'm, when I'm cleaning Michael's airplane, I do everything to that airplane I do to my own airplane. Do I do that to everybody's? No. I'm up in there. Listen, I'm up in there with a cloth like this in the landing gear. After Cherie's been up in there, and Cherie does a good job. I'm underneath a wing where nobody even sees. Last time I was there, I was up underneath. You know what I was doing underneath the wing? Throwing a top coating on the ceramic coat, put it, making it real slick and, and, and shiny. That, that, that plane has more gloss on the bottom of the wing than most planes have on the whole plane. Because when he, when he parks that airplane out on the ramp, I want to be proud of it. Now, is that for everybody? No. I got a plane I'm getting ready to do. I'm only going to do the top. But if it was Michael's plane, I would, I, would, I would charge him for doing the top. If he said, I'm just trying to get rid of this, I'd have charged him for doing it, but I'd have done the bottom too. Because the association. Y'all know. Listen to him. You've helped me on Michael's. You know. Y'all have to work harder when we do his plane. We're over it seven times. Just like mine. Look it over one more time. Look it over one more Gabe, man, Gabe don't even want to. Gabe look at me like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, you just keep going, Dad. Keep going and go. It's, it's fine. It's fine. No, no, we're going to look it over. I was over at Weatherford the other day looking at that airplane. Them guys are like, you act like this is your airplane. I said, it might as well be. Took me, took me and my family to Florida. So, amen. I, I'm going to quit. I, see, I went on and on about that, didn't I? See, I know, I know, I know you treat Annie right. She'd be coming in. She looked like she got some woolly mammoth thing on her eyeballs. She'd be putting some, she'd be putting some extra lashes on her, boy. And he came in one time. It was sunny outside. I, I just stood under the lashes, boy. I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I was like, put my glasses on and, 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 and blink. Uh, but they, they, my glasses need clean a little bit. <laughs> oh, I'm just playing. I'm playing, Lizzie. No, Lizzie does a fine job. I'm, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh goodness! Well, you hadn't laughed once. My God, George, you, you're you're good. She like she 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 must be hungry. <laughs> well, <laughs> you done eight. You're, you ought to be fine. All right. <clears throat> Say, embrace the culture. Culture, the culture is, here's how you define culture. The culture are the core beliefs that define the atmosphere. The core beliefs that define the atmosphere. 
Even if, we, even if we don't completely understand, be willing to follow the lead of those that are set in that place of leadership. To do what the Lord has commanded them to do. There's a, there's a, there's a reason why there are those that God puts in the, in the lead position. It's not because they're better. It's because that's what they were designed to do. It's not because they think more highly of themselves. That's what they were designed to do. And so when it comes to the spiritual atmosphere, we, we, amen. When we embrace, we are transformed. When we embrace, that's where we're transformed. Think about this. Think about Saul and those prophets that came off the mountain. Remember, this is a law of association. Saul was to meet this company of prophets that were coming down. The prophet said, when you meet them, prophesy with them. The law of confession. Say what they're saying. Prophesy with them. Say what they're saying. Listen, I know you got other opinions. I know you got other thoughts. But what are the, what are the source of those thoughts? Is it the flesh or is it the spirit? Does it lead to victory or does it lead to defeat? Does it lead to doubt or does it lead to faith? I know you're apprehensive. I know that you're reluctant. I know there are people that are out there that mean you harm. Listen, believe me. Believe me. If we wanted to get shady, we'd already gotten shady. It'd already be done. But see, that's where the enemy works. He works in trying to keep us from embracing the culture to the point where we're transformed. See, God, God's creating the culture for your transformation, for you to be turned into another man, for you to be turned into that individual that he's called you. I know we got all kinds of ideas and all kinds of ways and all kinds of thinking, but if we'll let the Lord build the house, then we won't labor in vain. When we push back or don't recognize the importance of us embracing the culture that God has thrown us into. It hinders the work of God, not in that place, but in us. Because the work of God will go on. But it hinders us from becoming everything God wants us to be. <clears throat> and sometimes it, it works to hinder others. And keeps them from being everything that God wants them to be. It stands in the way of your personal growth. See, some of us want to blame our lack of growth on the fact that we're not getting the preaching that we need. We're not getting the teaching that we need. No, people aren't embracing. Sometimes people aren't embracing the culture. And then you know, you know what you'll do once you embrace the culture? Again, I, use, I know I use Michael a lot as an example. We, we talk a lot. He, he and I are friends. Oh, yeah. 
And he's, you know, he, he and his, his brother, you know, working for their father, they're businessmen. And their father is one of, the, one of the more successful people, I think, that we have seen doing that kind of business. I mean, it's undeniable. And, of course, he's not just, I'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not telling all of his business, but, no, he's not just in the roofing business. I mean, he's, 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 there's a lot of diversity in, his, in what he does. But you know what I have never heard come out of Michael or Eric's mouth? They work with their father. Anytime I worked with my dad, I had to, I had to look out for flying wrenches. Flying, flying two by fours. When, when I worked with my dad, it was usually working on a car. Give me the, you know, give me the nine sixteenths. I didn't know what a nine sixteenths was. I just grabbed something, you know, hammer. This is it. And my dad, my dad is not born again. So the next thing I heard was just this fury, flurry of cuss words. And the hammer flying out from under the car at me. Yeah. You worthless, you know. <laughs> okay. Don't even know what a 916 says. Who raised you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> wasn't you, Pop? <laughs> he was working, you know, he was working. <laughs> Ask me for a frying pan. I mean, my mom raised me, you know. I <laughs> I knew the difference between a pot and a frying pan. But anyhow. So when you work for your father, no matter how successful, that is probably very challenging. See, Eric's just trying to be as deadpan as he can because he, do, he does not want this coming out. How many of you know you work for family? It's difficult. When, pa when Pastor Annie worked for me, I fired her. After a year, I fired her. She claims she quit, but I let her go before she could quit. I did. I let her go. Before. She was like, I, I said, you're fired. I got you. She's like, I'm collecting unemployment. I'm like, oh, well, you know, you quit. <laughs> but you know, she did get pregnant during that time, so that was nice. First baby. So, and I'm, I'll end with this. I'm going to end with this one last statement, I promise. So, it could be difficult working for your father. I'm, I'm, I'm using you guys as an example because it's the best example I got. But you know what I've never, you know what you've never heard from them? You know what I've never heard? I've never heard them curse the culture. Go ahead, man. I've only heard them defend the culture. Do you know what it's important for you to do in this place? Defend. Amen. Come on now. 
You may not understand it. You may not know your role in it. You may be on a journey to try to discover what that is. But guess what? This is your place. This is where you associate. This is your family. We're not going to curse the culture. We're not going to sit around others and speak derogatorily. Okay, you don't understand some things? Go to the person that can help you to understand them. Don't turn to the person next to you and say, you know, I just don't understand. That is not defending the culture. That is not helpful in the building of God's house. Boy, I am preaching. How, how far you reckon, how far you reckon any, any business would go if you had a bunch of people that wouldn't defend the culture? You don't always understand the decisions that are made. You don't know why decisions were made. Sometimes you know that the decisions were made were selfish decisions by the leader. Or, you know, that's what you can assume because that's how we are. They're just doing this because that's what they wanted. Listen, there have, been there have been times in this church where people have wanted for things to happen on a certain day because they knew they'd be out of town on the day that it was going to, that we were scheduling it. It worked for everybody but them. And you know what? There were some people, they'd be like, let's do everything we can do to change it or at least try. You know what? You can either get ugly about that or you can say, Man, that's awesome that they want so badly to be a part that we would try to switch everything over. Stand up so I know I'm finished. <laughs> that's, see, that was the part that the Lord told me this was. So hopefully I'll get to the rest of this next week. But did this help anybody? You can never embrace the. You can never defend a culture you don't embrace. But the law of association will demand a cultural shift, a cultural change. So, how do you defend the culture? Well, instead of agreeing. Be like, what would it be like, man, at Salazar? What would, what would it be like? If we were sitting here and Michael or Eric or Shelby or Twyla for that matter. They don't even it don't even have to be it don't even have to be Eric and Michael. Just anyone closely related to that company. That oh you you guys work for Salazar? Oh yeah I'm I am a Salazar. Well, you know what? I heard 
And then they, they start. I'll tell you what they're not going to do. They're not going to sit there and let someone. Are you? You're not going to. What are you going to do? You're going to defend the culture. In fact, I've heard Michael say it. He said, my dad may have not done everything right. But he's done a lot better than most dads. I mean, a man that started on a roof. Putting nails in shingles. Getting paid like everybody else. Listen, there's something to be said about him, someone that can come from, come from nothing. Come from nothing. Not, not even speak English probably in the beginning. Not even speak English. Broken. Barely able to communicate. People telling them not to drink out of their water spigot. On a 110 degree day. Trying to make him feel like he's less than. Because he only speaks Spanish and no English. <clears throat> so they're going to defend the culture. Even if their dad just threw a wrench at him. Imagine if we let that happen in the environment of the church. If we respected the culture and we stood in awe and in amazement of the things that God did. Amen. I'm glad your dad ain't here today because I wouldn't have been able to say all this. <laughs> but I have a lot of respect for your father. I, I do. He's a he's a businessman and he's 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 made a way. Um he he's done something that most of us don't think is possible. Would I have done it different? I don't know, maybe. Thing is, I didn't do it. One thing I appreciate about them, Michael and Eric, Twyla, Shelby, although I haven't talked much with them about, I have, I have, I've, heard, I've heard people talk to them, and I've heard them defend, and that's the natural, but it is their father. It's amazing the things that God can do with a group of people that will be faithful to that which the Lord is. Again, I'm talking about spiritual things. I'm not asking you all, listen, I'm not asking you all to do these things on the basis of the flesh. I'm trying to get you to look at some things in the spirit.
Because when we, when we look at these things in the Spirit, when we look at Scripture, then we can interpret Scripture and understand why the Bible tells us, know those that labor among you. Then it starts to make sense. It starts to make sense that it's not just knowing someone in the flesh, but it's knowing someone after the Spirit and how they're going to impact the environment that God has called you to labor in. See, not everyone is called to the environment of bringing revival. Entertaining revival, yes, we, we all need to entertain. But to bring revival, that takes a whole different kind of whole different kind of culture, a whole different kind of, it's a whole different ball game. If that, when, you're, when, you're enter, when you're entertaining revival, when you're embracing revival, then it's about, you know, fire tunnels and falling out and it's about the manifestation. It's about the shout. It's about the dance. It's about the, but when God's called you to bring revival, it's about the battle that takes place to open up that door into a realm that most people never even see into. It's a different ballgame. It's a totally different thing. And you know what you have to you, you know you have to figure you have to figure that the reason why we haven't had revival is because there haven't been many people willing to learn how to open up that door. But you know what? You're in a you're in a church and God called you to labor in a place and associated you with people. And that's, see, that's that biblical law of association. Recognize that God has called you to be a breaker. You are a threat to the devil. When, when, the, when the enemy wakes up in the morning, you're who's on his mind. How am I going to stop them? Because you're not just participants. God's called you to open up the doors. To throw open the windows of revival. When they've been stuck for years. When no one could pick the lock. When no one could get them open. You're the ones that God has called to walk up. To rip that thing open. Some people are going to rejoice. And other people are going to be mad. Some people are going to rejoice because a roofer that couldn't speak English made something of himself and they're going to be proud. And others are going to be mad. Because some wetback come and took their job. You know what the difference is? Association. <laughs> Boy, I just said it right there. The difference is association. You look at things different. 
based on your associations. Let the associations that the Lord is bringing into your life transform you. That's what association does. It's, trans it's transformative. It's transformative. Let the Holy Spirit shape your life for what He's created you for. And don't let the enemy persuade you that this is a carnal thing. This is a spiritual thing. Amen. Boy, I hope this helped you. I know, I know I'm, I'm getting over there into areas that make people nervous because it's, it's you know, that it's, it's, it's touchy. It's touchy. But we can, can you see these principles working in the natural? Did this help anybody here today at all? Yes. Amen. Four people over here. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Hallelujah. This help me did help you at all, baby. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. See, now we understand why Saul had to go up that hill. Say what the prophets said. And be transformed. What those prophets had wasn't Saul's culture. Saul was a Saul was God's permissive will. But when Saul said what them prophets said, he was transformed. He was changed. The Spirit of God came upon him. The Spirit of God came upon him. Let the Spirit of God come upon you today. How many of you looking for God to transform you? And how many of you looking for Him to position you for His purpose? Let me ask you a question. How many of you feel like it's been difficult to get there? Are any of these messages helping you to identify some of the hang-ups? It's hard, it's hard when you're dealing with, because you know what? There's that, we all have to deal with me in the natural. And some of you haven't had to, but some of you have. It's not, I'm not a pleasant person. When I get in the flesh, I'm not pleasant. And I feel bad. I've, I've apologized to Annie over the years. I'm like, I am so sorry I put you through so much. Uh, she's like, no, you're, you've been wonderful. I'm like, mm, not every day. <laughs> I've said some things. I've done some things. I have been selfish. She has been so wonderful. You know, wives are awesome. You'll, you'll see them men on YouTube that are fixing stuff. There's a wife behind that camera. And you see them on their TV. Have you, did you get that in the shot? I got it. I got it. And they're there all, you know. It's like wives are awesome. They, 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 they film us while we're doing silly stuff to put on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Nikki filmed that or Lewis, that TikTok. That <laughs> no, she wasn't there. She wasn't there. She might have had to focus on something else if she'd have been there. <laughs> yeah, she was moderating. <laughs> but you know what? Here, here's the thing. We've been through a lot together. You, you, know, you know why I'm telling you all this? We're getting ready to go into a different season. Can you all feel it? Something's, something's getting ready to happen. We're about to make a shift. I believe God's about to bring a whole different kind of people into Winter's Church. People that aren't quite 
maybe as committed as we have been. Maybe not quite as... <laughs> maybe not quite as uh, aware. Maybe they got hurt at every church they've been at and they come in here God's about to bring God's about to bring some folks in here that you're going to have to lead. What if you haven't embraced the culture? What if the new people sit What if the new people sit next to you? And when I'm preaching instead of hearing amen they hear on YouTube, they'll be on YouTube. If you're on Facebook, they'll be on Facebook. What about it? See, God's called you to lead. God's called you to lead. To lead people into revival to lead people to what you've known, what you've discovered, to go to that place where you've been. He said, but I'm not, not there now. But you've been there. And if you've been there once, you can go there again. You know the way. You know the way. It's a hard way. It's a hard way. But you know the way. Father, thank you. Listen, I'm going to ask you today. How many of you will commit with me to aligning and embracing what God has called us to do? Y'all don't know what it means for me. That, you know, this could mean that I don't travel no more. I, I looked at Annie. I looked at Annie two days ago. I said, Annie, should I sell this air? Should I sell this air? I didn't look at her. I was looking at the phone. I saw your face. Annie, should I get, should I sell this airplane? I've only flown a little, a, a, a 150, 160 hours in the last two years. I had no idea that I was down that low. You know what, you know what I was flying? 400 hours a year. And in the last two years, it's been less than 100 hours in the last two years. What's going on? I started looking at my schedule. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. Lord, what's going on? What's going on? Didn't even really notice. But I'm like, got this airplane sitting here. And why? You know, you start thinking in the natural. So I, I call Annie. I was like, you think I need to get rid of this airplane? You know what she said? You know what she said? She said, 
Don't make permanent decisions based on temporary circumstances. I was like, did you look in your notes for that or something? I mean, did we... I said, where'd you hear that at? She said, man, you... I was like, see, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear... I was like, man, you are so right. She's like, next thing you know, revival's going to break out somewhere. You're going to have to be in that airplane. But see, that's the thing is that we're... Some of you think that you're the only one in limbo. Some of y'all think y'all are the only ones that are in that transitional place. You don't know, you don't know your pastor standing up here saying, I'm like Elisha after the mantle fell. Where now, Lord? Where now? What next? You know what I'm not willing to do? I'm not willing to try to build the house myself. I'm not going to do it. I am not going to do it. I'm going to trust that the Lord's going to build the house. Amen. So today, I want you to join me. We're not in a bad place, church. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're not in a bad place. God's doing great stuff. I want you to, if, you, if, you're, if you're ready to recommit yourself to the process that it takes to getting to where God wants you to go. I want you to come and join me up here. I want you to stand with me. Come on. I don't, it doesn't matter where you're at. I believe that God is going to help us. And I want us to come into agreement with one another, not only today, but I want us to commit. I want us to commit to being in agreement with one another to see this thing through, to pray with one another, to believe God with one another. Don and Lynn, y'all aren't there yet, but you know what? You're going you're gonna, you're gonna to get there. Amen. Know this. I'm going to tell you this by the Spirit. You may not feel like you've accomplished everything that God wanted you to do, but there's been a bunch that has happened along the way that you've not been aware of. And I hear God saying this, there are people, some of them remember your name and some of them don't, but they were influenced and impacted by your lives. They read the word of God that was written on the, on the uh, epistles of your heart. And the, Lord, and the Lord says this, the Lord says, that's the way I, God, God says, God says, you, you thought you'd be aware of when you was doing ministry all the time. But the Lord says there's many times you was just living unaware the, of the ministry that was taking place. He said, why do you think the enemy, you think the enemy would have targeted you if you were of no effect? You think you'd have the devil so mad if you had, if you had made no impact? He said, the devil is a liar. That's what the Lord told me to tell you. The devil is a liar. He tried to tell you the enemy tried to tell you that you were of no importance. That with or without you, the kingdom would go on. God, God says this. He said, ask him this. Why then did the enemy make you such a target? To try to destroy you. To try to kill you. To try to get rid of you. I mean, literally, the devil's tried to physically eradicate you take you off the face of planet earth but here you are you remain the hand of god upon you 
You said this. You said, Lord, you hardly ever tell us anything through prophecy. Lord, we need to hear some things. And the Lord says, I'm telling you some things today. The Lord told me to tell you. He said, I want you to know I have not forgotten you. My eyes and my hand have been upon you. And the Lord says, the greatest days are ahead. They are not behind. For the Lord, the Lord says this. The Lord says, I shall cause my hand to move across the fabric of your life, the Lord says. And he says, in everything that seems to have stood in the way, God says, in a moment, it'll seem as if it has been removed. And God says, there will come a freedom and a flow and an opportunity. The Lord says, not, not just a, an opportunity like before, but the Lord says, opportunities like never before. Like never before. The Lord says, you have not been underestimated. Not by, not by, there have been times that you felt like people looked at you and they underestimated you. They, they looked at, they didn't look at you in the way that you felt like the Lord saw you. But the Lord says, the Lord says, no, they just, they just did not, it's not that they underestimate. He said, they just didn't have the eyes to see, to identify, the Lord says, the moment for which the Lord says, I called you. The Lord says, the call that I have upon you, in, uh, when you look at the scope of your life, it'll seem like a moment. But God says, it'll be the greatest moment. It'll be the greatest moment. God says, God says this, God says in that moment, the Lord says, you will rejoice with a great rejoicing and you will, you will say, Lord, it is good. It is a good thing what you have done with us, what you have done for us and what you have done through us. And the Lord, and the Lord says, the Lord says from that, from that moment on, he says, will be a, a great rejoicing. The Lord says, the Lord says when you, and, and I'm not prophesying y'all are coming to the end of your life, but but I, but I hear the Lord saying that as you come to the close of your time here on the earth, God says that your, your latter days will be spent mostly rejoicing over the moments that God gave you. I mean just with the greatest rejoicing. The Lord says not one bit of discontentment in your heart. The Lord says he's kept you unsettled to keep you moving forward. But God says when it wraps up, the Lord says you'll be like, We've run our race. We've finished our course. He says, when, when you feel that way, he says, your days won't be small yet. God says, you'll still have time yet here on this earth. He said, there will be a, 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 a large stretch of rejoicing. It won't be like Paul who says that and he can hear the gallows being built as he's, as he's writing it down. <laughs> now the Lord says you'll be saying it and, and he says and you'll, you'll yet have time to rejoice and to thank, to thank God for what he's done but I hear the Lord saying this a great burden of, of discontent is rolling off your shoulders and the Lord says the burden is being removed and the yoke is being destroyed he says and the anointing is being released once again and God says, from today forward, the Lord says, things are going to go so much better. And God says, and you're going to go so much higher in the name of Jesus. Thank God. So I lose that to y'all in the name of Jesus. How to sepele keregia. How rabadabasa kele keredia shada. And next kele 
Lord, I release the anointing of your spirit. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for the wonderful things that you're doing through Don and Lynn in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. So, Lord, I, as, I, you know, as I pray for uh, your people, Lord, I pray that your spirit, ha, your dead is through for Dengelejea. I pray that your anointing and that your spirit would come upon each of them in the name of Jesus. Lord, the fire of the Holy Ghost, the fire of the Holy Ghost, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Tel feredriete, morosobongelechidea. Y'all need to understand that everything that the enemy attempted to do to stop you, every attempt he has made has failed. What he's doing right now with some of you is going to fail. Everything that the devil has tried and is going to try results in his failure. And will only add to your success in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Shelby, there's, there's, a, there's like a, I see a fog around your head. It's not covering your eyes, but it's covering the spirit of your mind. And the Lord says, the Lord says this, the Lord says that the enemy has tried to cloud your thoughts with questions, with, with, uh, with, with doubts and with concerns. And the Lord tell me, say this. He says, he says, and you know, in the airplane, I, I, got a, I got a button that I hit that puts the autopilot on. And when that autopilot comes on, everything just starts to move by itself. And, and I just kind of kick back and it's like, uh, there's a couple times I kicked the autopilot on. I didn't have it set right. And um, it was a little disconcerting because the airplane started to move in a direction that I didn't want it to go in. I'll tell you one time, and this was recent. Instead of going up, it started going down. I hadn't set the altitude right. And so I had set the altitude to, to the field elevation, and it wasn't set to the altitude I wanted to go. So it started trying to go back to the ground. And I wasn't that high. <laughs> That was disconcerting, and I was the pilot. I was in an airplane with a pilot one time that did that, and I wasn't the pilot. You want to talk about disconcerting. I almost reached up and grabbed the controls. It wasn't Michael. It was some other guy. I think he was taking some oxycodone or something. Anyway, <laughs> I found an oxycodone in the floor of my airplane after he got out. I was like, oh, God. Anyway, but here's what I want to say to you. <laughs> She's like, what's that all about? <laughs> Here's what I want to say. You, you're going to get off autopilot. You're going to get off of the cruise control. The Lord says you're about to take and you're about to take a hold of the, of the wheel of your mind. The Lord says there's never been a time when you were out of, out of the control of your thought life. But the enemy tried to make you feel like you had no control. And I'm going to tell you right now, the devil is a liar. Amen. The devil is a liar. 
The enemy lied to you and told you that you weren't as strong as you thought you were. The Lord says this. The Lord says the enemy is trying to, uh, is trying to cut your hair. Like Samson had the strength in his hair. He's trying to take your strength. That's what I'm likening it to. It's like he's trying to, he's trying to take and, and persuade you that there's something that you had one time, but he stripped it from you and you've lost the anointing. You hadn't lost, the, listen, Shelby, you have not lost the anointing. <laughs> I am talking to you right now by the Holy Ghost. You have not lost the anointing. You, your spirit and the Holy Spirit are one. And God's spirit in you is that down payment. I hear God saying this. I hear God saying that as you come out of, of, of a, of a uh, difficult season, I hear the Lord saying, that as you come out, the Lord says, you're not coming out weaker, you're coming out wiser. I hear the Lord saying, you're not coming out with less faith, you're coming out with greater faith. I hear the Lord saying, you're not going to be more, uh, the Lord says, you're not going to be reluctant. The Lord says, some people are going to say that you're reckless. Because God says, you're going to come out of this thing, and you're going to come out of this thing believing bigger expecting more trusting God in a greater fashion but I see but I see you on the I, I see you stepping up I see you stepping up I, I don't see I don't see you being down I see you coming up and I see you coming out in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus and I hear the Lord saying that your mind, your soul is coming out intact. Your soul has not been scrambled or destroyed. The enemy attempted to scramble your brains, but your brains are not scrambled in the name of Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you turn your attention, the Lord says, toward the audience, God says, that I will bring unto you. God says the devil will regret the day that he tried to get your attention off of what God called you to put your hands to. For the, for the, Lord, for the Lord says this, the Lord says, the Lord says, you won't even require that the Lord, that that the Lord completely fix you in order to... There are going to be people you lay your hands on that God's going to instantly fix them while you're still broken. You're going to lay hands on people. They're going to be instantly fixed and you're going to be thinking, oh, that it could be that easy. You know, the Lord told me to tell you this. He says, you're going to be like. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. 
says, you're going, it's going to be like you walk with a limp. But the Lord says it's only to remember. It's only to remember the wrestling match that took place between you and the Lord. You're going to remember that he, He's the one that builds the house. And as long as He builds the house, it's built on a firm foundation. Amen. 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 I see, I see, a, I see, a, I see, a, over y'all's life, I see a house in a state of renovation. It's almost like what you do in the natural. Renovating it. The Lord says, it may not appear, right now it doesn't appear to be attractive to some. You know, they might, they might look at the house the Lord, but the Lord tell me tell you this. He says, the foundation is solid. The foundation is solid. He says everything else can be torn down and rebuilt. The Lord says, the foundation, he said, I laid it. Glory to God. The Lord says, I laid the foundation. And God says, the foundation, because I laid it, he said, it'll never fail. The Lord says, it will always carry. The Lord says, whatever is built upon it. But God's, God's, God tell me to tell you all this. He says, he says he's, brought, he's bringing you to a place where you trust his process to build his way upon the foundation that he laid. So get ready. He said, and don't get in a hurry. <laughs> God, God says, don't get in a hurry, but let things work in the way that at the pace and in the way that the Lord is leading he says and you'll he says you'll be glad you'll be glad you'll be he said you'll be glad he says because when the light when the light of the world shines upon you the Lord says they won't see you they'll see Jesus Amen. But, but Jesus is at work. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Thank God. So, Lord, I, I pray that your spirit. Now, I'm going to speak to that. This is a, this what has come over your mind. It's not a, it's a bad spirit. It's an evil spirit. And right now, I'm going to do something, Shelby. You're not, you're not possessed by a devil. That's not, you're not. But there's a spirit that has come to try to oppress you in your mind. And in the name of Jesus, I break that thing. By the, by the authority that is in the name above every name. In the mighty and in the matchless name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I declare that the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength in the name of Jesus. I break every stronghold that the enemy would try to erect against Shelby. And Lord, I thank you that today in the spirit of her mind, 
She's being made free in Jesus' name. No more cloudiness. No more, no more uh, blur, blurriness. No more uncertainty. Shelby, can I tell you something else that the Lord told me? Is it okay? Because I know I'm all up in there. Lord, the Lord, the Lord tell me to tell you that. He said, the devil has tried to tell you you was foolish, that you uh, nobody knew, that you were hiding, that that you that you kept hidden who you really were from everybody. That you were never strong, that you were never this, that you were never be, because of you know things that you just faced just inner within yourself. The Lord says all that's a lie. God says, You're who I say you are, not who you think you are. And the Lord says, You need to quit identifying with that voice that comes from the insecurity, from the from the brokenness and from the hurt that was inflicted on you before you got born again. Because the Lord says this, the enemy was trying to shape your life with that. But that's not your life. Who, what, what people see is who God created you to be. That's who you really are. And, and I hear the Lord saying this. He says, that whole thing of you thinking that you was putting on a good face and putting out, out of front and that you, you, know, you portrayed yourself and, and all of these things, but inwardly there was something off and broken. That's not true. That's not true. You, you, you're, the, you're the strong one. You're not the weak one. You're the fixed one. You're not the broken one. You're the healed one. You're not the sick one. You're the confident one. You're not the one who lacks confidence, who's self-conscious, who's has a self <laughs> See, you don't have self-esteem problem you don't have that's not you you know who you are you really do that's you that's you that other thing died who when when Christina Fernandez put you under the water and I know it was Christina that put you under that water probably in a bikini Some people might have said that wasn't a holy thing. You know what I'm saying? There might have been lots of messed up stuff with that in people's minds. But I'm going to tell you, sir, when you went under and you came up, you came up resurrected with him. And that person that still tries to speak is still in that pool. Buried with him. Buried with Jesus in baptism. The only thing that stayed in hell was the hellish stuff. The only thing that stayed dead was death, was sin. But you've been made alive. The Lord says you are not a child of the darkness. You're a child of the light. Amen. Praise God. So say what God says. And I don't see, see, I don't see the fogginess no more. So whatever that thing was and however, whatever, however it thought it could stay, it can't, it can't stay in the name of Jesus. I can't say, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep declaring. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to be praying for you for this whole month. And I'm going to be telling that thing. You can't come back in the name of Jesus. If, if, if you can't, if you can't do this for yourself, I'm going to do it for you in the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm not saying you can't, but just in case, we're going to do this together.
We're coming into agreement. Do you agree with me? All right, we come into agreement. And where any two of us agree as to touching anything, it is done for them. So we come into agreement in the name of Jesus. Devil, you ain't just trying to mess with her now. You're trying to mess with me. And I'm telling you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank God. I don't even have to say it. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. All right. Listen, in the name of Jesus, I, we need to get y'all out of here. I, I keep trying to get y'all out of here early. It's always 1 o'clock. In the name of Jesus. Are you doing all right, Rachel? So what's going on? Tell me. You got any pains? You got any troubles from that? In the name of Jesus, we command it to leave you. Whatever this accident tried to bring, we release you in the name of Jesus. We say that your body is coming into line with the word of God. We say that you are well, you are whole. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Rachel, Jack, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. She's well, spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. All right, listen. Uh, I know I, I haven't laid my hands on you and prayed for every one of you. And I certainly didn't give everyone a prophetic word. But, you know, receive some of these things that have been spoken over others. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Listen, I, I'm not going to apologize for us being spirit-filled. Amen. You know what the Lord tell me? He tell me this. The, mar the marriages that have endured suffering, the Lord says he's strengthening in 2024. Hallelujah. I hear God saying that the devil had tr has tried to tear at the fabric of the families of this church and of the house of God. But I hear the Lord saying this. The Lord says what the enemy tore at, God says, God says it, it's not going to be repaired in a manner that's going to leave a blemish. But God says he's reweaving the fabric. And where the enemy tried to tear at it, the Lord says, won't be visible. Where there was a rip, God says it'll be mended in a way where the rip is invisible. Where God will put things together and you won't even see where it was tore. But I hear God say, I hear God tell me, tell you all this. He says, this is the year where families are going to uh, experience victories that they have fought for for years. Some of y'all have fought for years to overcome. And to get, I hear God saying this. Some of y'all went through the ringer and some of y'all went through the process. God says, this is the year where you're going to eat the fruit of the labor. Where, where you're going to eat from the, the fruit of the tree uh, that was planted by the Lord in your life. God, God says, some of y'all been like, man, Lord, we need some fruit. We need some fruit, Jesus. We need some fruit. God says, fruit, fruit's coming in the name of Jesus. This your year, amen. Claim it over your family. Claim it over your marriage. Claim it over your house in the name of Jesus. 
Telebrieste peredrieche. Tona mara sabandri maradrieche. Telvere drieche de behesa. Thank God. Calabra sataraba haradrieche. Telvere drieche. Tene maradrieche frevite. Hola cala sabara. The blessing is breaking out over this Tanet house in the name of Jesus. Calabra basa calabara soporo. Shedere barra soporo driote. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Amen. Listen, some of you need to join her. No resistance. No resistance. No resistance. Yes. Tervere driete. Barra saborro driete. Thank God. Thank God. No resistance. Tenbere driete. All right. Praise God. Listen, I, I see. I see all kinds of stuff. But we'll we'll come back on Wednesday. And we'll jump in on Wednesday and see what happens. Listen, will y'all come back on Wednesday with me? Maybe you never come on Wednesday. This Wednesday, come. We'll just have us another service. Just we'll just jump in. Well, in fact, on Wednesday, let's plan on starting right here on Wednesday. Just right here, like this. We're gonna start right here on Wednesday. We're just gonna get it. We're gonna pray, and uh, that way I don't talk too much, and we'll let the Holy Ghost just do what He's gonna do. Amen. Boy, I'm, I'm just stirred up big time. You know, I hear, I hear the Lord say things are coming together. He said, he said y'all weren't always aware of where he was taking you and what you were going to do. He said, and some of you followed him. Some of you didn't even follow him on purpose. You did on accident. You just accidentally stumbled into, into that play. But the Lord says this. He says, every one of you are going to benefit. Koresa. He says, everyone that is in this place is about to benefit from all that the Lord is doing and has done in these, in these previous years. God says, it has been building up to this. Entire family is going to prosper and be blessed as a result of what the Lord is doing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. All right. Praise God. Well, glory to God. So Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, I'm expecting. This is, no, no, Wednesday we got cornonia, don't we? No, no, that's not this week. That's the following week. All right. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Praise God. Do we have something Monday, tomorrow? Not this, not this one. That's next one, next week. Next week's healing room. Andrew's teaching. <laughs> All right, glory to God. Listen, yes. Yeah, oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, y'all. Lord Clint, Talisha, Asher, the name of Jesus, Phoenix, Zedric. Sophia, Lord, we call them out by name. We say, be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, we command sickness to leave that house and never return. You got to go in the name of Jesus. We will, we will not stand for this anymore. We say those that have been battling in the name of Jesus, we say no more battling. The fight is over. The victory is won. Glory to God. We speak healing in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for healing, health, and wholeness. Lord, may the ever souls shout the victory this afternoon because you show up at their house with healing, Lord, for every one of them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. All right. Listen, I love y'all. Go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. I will see you guys back here on Wednesday night in the name of Jesus.